Grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. I'd like to welcome all of you to our worship service here at Reveille United Methodist Church. My name is Stephen Coleman. I'm one of the associate pastors here at Reveille. Our lead pastor, the Reverend Dr. Pete Moon, is preaching this morning. We welcome uh, all of those who are here with us in person. We welcome those who are joining with us online, as well as those who may be uh, watching this service later in the week. Uh, a few quick announcements to make. Uh, today is the second Sunday of Lent. We are continuing our sermon series on the way of the cross. And today, Pete is going to be reading a passage from the Gospel of Mark, where we talk about carrying our cross, and he's also going to be relating that to cleaning out our attics. So we have a uh, wonderful service for you this morning. Uh, also, just want to highlight our Lenten offering uh, that we are doing this year, which uh, highlights United Methodist Family Services uh, as well as Westview on the James. So we invite you to uh, give generously to our Lenten offering this year. Uh, next Sunday is also our Youth Sunday. So all the youth will be leading all aspects of worship uh, here at our 11 o'clock service. So we hope uh, you will come next week and support our youth ministry. And also, uh, next Sunday is the last day to donate food for uh, uh, helping out Koinonia Christian Church in Swansboro. So if you'd like to give a donation to that ministry, you have one more week to do so, and then it ends next Sunday. I invite you to take a minute to read through the announcements that are, uh, the rest of the announcements that are on the inside of your bulletin, uh, and also you can always go to our website if you have any uh, questions about what is going on in the life of our church. We welcome you this day. We are glad that you are here. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds for the worship of the living God. The Lord be with you.
I invite you now to stand in body or in spirit and join me for our call to worship. Jesus invites us to a way of celebration, meeting and feasting with the humble and poor. Let us walk his way. Jesus beckons us to a way of risk, letting go of our security. Jesus challenges us to listen to the voices of those who have nothing to lose. Jesus points us to a way of self-giving where power and status are overturned. Jesus calls us to follow the way of the cross where despair is transformed by the promise of new life. Let us walk his way with joy. In that same spirit, let us lift high the cross through singing hymn number 159. Oh, 
Having lifted high the cross in praise of Christ, let us now confess who we are with our prayer of common confession and then our silent personal confession. Let us pray. O holy and merciful God, we confess that we have not always taken upon ourselves the yoke of obedience, nor been willing to seek and to do your perfect will. We have not loved you with all our heart and mind and soul and strength. Neither have we loved our neighbors as ourselves. You have called us in the need of our sisters and brothers, and we have passed unheeding on our way. In the pride of our hearts and our unwillingness to repent, we have turned away from the cross of Christ and have grieved your Holy Spirit. Forgive us, we pray, for we ask it in the name of Christ. Amen. Hear now the good news. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the Lord's love for us. And as far as east is from west, so far does he remove our sins from us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. I invite you now to share signs of peace and reconciliation with those around you. Come forward for our children's message. Well, good morning. And as the children are making their way up, my name is Karen Rios. I'm the director of children's ministries here at Reveille. And for those of you who are with us online, if there are any children in online Please move a little bit forward because this time is for you. So guess what I have today, guys? I've got cards. And Barrow is saying, what are the cards for? So what I would like for you to do is, Barrow, why don't you be my helper today? So come on over here. I would like for you to pick a card, and I want you to show it to your friends up here. But do not show it to me. All righty? Did you guys all see it? Perfect. Put it back. And I'm going to trust you to hold the mic while I shuffle them. Thank you, Barrow. I'm going to snap my fingers now, and I'm going to think that this is the card. Is this the card? That's not the card. Is this the card? No. 
It's not the card. Okay, thank you, Barrow. You know, it's so funny. You can have a seat, sweetie. You know, it's so funny because when I started thinking about doing this card trick, I actually looked online. And when I looked online, it had so many instructions. I said, nah, I don't need to read those. I got this. Obviously, I don't, do I? So one of the things that that we've been talking about, of course, is that Jesus tells us, if I had actually spent time, that would have been time that I could have spent doing something else. So what I decided to do was just skip it. I mean, that would make it easier, right? But it's such a reminder that when we come to Jesus Christ, Jesus tells us a whole lot of things are going to happen to him. As a matter of fact, he told his disciples that he was going to be beaten and whipped and that he would be crucified. But Jesus was the son of God. So wouldn't it have made sense for Jesus to snap his fingers and just not have to do any of those things? Well, it would have made sense, but it would not have been the way that Jesus calls us to do. As a matter of fact, Jesus tells us to deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow him. And so even though Pastor Pete's going to talk about cleaning out our closets, wouldn't it be nice if we could, uh, cleaning out our attics, wouldn't it be nice if we could snap our fingers and that attic would be clean? But that's not the way that works either. So um, as we are approaching this time, please remember that it is important to walk through the things that God calls us to walk through because Jesus did it. And so we get to do it too. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for this time of the year that reminds us to follow you closely. Amen. All right, you guys can go back to your seats. Please join me in praying the prayer for illumination found in your bulletin. Gracious God, we give humble, teachable, and obedient hearts that we may receive what you have revealed and do what you have commanded. Amen. Today's first scripture reading is from the book of Genesis, chapter 17, verses 1 through 7 and 15 through 16. And this may be found on page 11 of your pew Bible. God makes a surprising promise to Abram. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. 
for I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Our second reading for the morning comes from the book of Mark, reading in the 8th chapter, verses 31 to 38. Will you listen once again for the word of God? Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, as your word is offered together with us this day, it is our prayer that you would speak to the hearts of each of us, that you would open our hearts and minds and Enable us to understand the wonder of what you have in store for us through this, your word. For it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, friends, this morning I'm wondering if your life is a little bit like mine. Maybe you're in that stage of life where it's just time to clean out the attic. Time to start getting rid of stuff, getting rid of all that old stuff. And we are there. I will tell you, uh, our attic is full. We have, we have tubs. I have five kids. So we have tubs of stuff for my kids' elementary school, trophies, you know, all of those things, just 
filling up our attic. Our kids, they come to visit. We say, you know, why don't you take some of this home? They never do. Anybody in that place, right? You just can't get rid of all that stuff. But um, I brought something today, uh, today for show and tell. This is a souvenir from my last trip to the attic. And um, I found something in here that will help us to think about this challenging scripture from Mark that we have just shared together. Now, I just need to ask you this hard question. Do any of you remember these, right? I don't know if you can see it. Cassette tapes. The good news is it's not an 8-track. It's a cassette tape, right? Remember how these worked? You open up a door, your stereo, you put them in, you shut the door, and you hit the play button, and sure enough, you, you have all that music. Well, what I'm thinking here today is that these tapes we have with us today, that they can point us to Lent, because Lent is a time where you and I clean our attic, if you will. And maybe we don't do that literally, but we certainly do that spiritually. So what I'd like to do is, in, is help us remember that all of us have tapes that are playing in our attics, if you will. Well, all of us have tapes, voices, that play in our, in our hearts and souls and heads. Now, the psychologists and the counselors amongst us would probably say it a little bit more carefully. They would say that all of us have narratives that play along us, that drive us in our life. Those narratives tell us what is right. Those narratives tell us what is wrong. Those narratives tell us what to do, what not to do, what is true and what is not. And it dawns on me that as we open up the pages of the eighth chapter of the book of Mark, that Jesus is in these words. He is inviting us to take a few minutes this morning and check out and perhaps clear out some of those tapes, voices, narratives that are playing in our heads. And let's take some time to evaluate the music, if you will. Because Jesus does something in this text. He takes up and, and he talks about the cross, and he holds up the cross in front of all of his disciples and invites them to do exactly that. Do some evaluation. Take some time and evaluate the tapes that play in us. And perhaps the time has come where we hit the eject button on those tapes. Or perhaps we now, in the context of Lent, in the view of the cross, we begin to put some new ones in there, some new music to start playing. After all, isn't that really what Lent is all about? Isn't that the theme of Lent? We gather as the church, and we stare at the cross for six weeks. And during those weeks, we evaluate. And in our best sense, we get rid of the old stuff Stuff that's not working so that we can make room for that which is, for better stuff. So what do you say we do that? Let's take a look at our tapes and let's see if it's time to let them go or at least update the music that's playing in our heads. So let me see if I can just take a little look through this thing and see what we have here. I got, here hey, here's an old tape. This is one of our favorites. And brothers and sisters, this is one of these tapes that we just crank it up loud. The name of this song is My Agenda. My Agenda. You know, 
if we are honest, well, let's think about that. Maybe our, my agenda is just simple as the plan I have for the day, what I need to get done, where I need to go, what I need to get finished so I can get to the next thing. That may be certainly true. But let's go ahead and take it up to a, to a higher plane. What is the agenda that governs your life? What's the, the voice that spins and plays that drives you or drives me or pushes us. If you want to go to computer language, what is the driver within you that pushes all the software within? You see in the story we had just from Mark, Peter has this agenda. And what happened in all of this is that Jesus interrupted. Peter had an agenda and the volume was cranked up because in the verses prior to our reading, we didn't get a chance to read those, but Peter comes to this tumultuous moment. He declares that Jesus is the Messiah. And he gets it. And Jesus recognizes this. As, and in the other Gospels, he, he applauds Peter for his spiritual insight in all of that. But then as we read our text today, suddenly Peter goes from the spiritual mountaintop literally to the bottom of hell. And it happens because Peter's agenda is interrupted by Jesus. See, the story, likely from the time Peter was a boy, he had heard stories about the Messiah. And at the same time as a boy, he lived under the cruel injustice of Roman rule, the tyranny of Roman rule. And in that context, the Messiah took on a real meeting. The Messiah was going to come and take care of all of this. And with all this power, he was going to free up the nation of Israel. And now Peter meets Jesus. Jesus has all this power, and he gets it. And he knows what, he thinks what Jesus is there to do. He's going to be the conquering Messiah that would fill that agenda that had filled Peter's soul for all those years. But Jesus interrupts Peter's agenda. I told some of you the story of uh, many years ago, I was in a place in life where I just needed to get my tapes rebooted. And I took a sabbatical, and as a part of that, I literally took six weeks and got in a pickup truck, and I circumnavigated the entire United States, and I interviewed 72 people with one simple question. I asked them, how has Jesus changed your life? It was fascinating and encouraging and restoring to hear the power of Jesus and how he changes lives in the midst of all the things that we're going through. But in particular, I remember one story where I was in Menlo Park, California. Now, this is just south of San Francisco, just adjacent to Stanford University. And Google is there, and Silicon Valley is there. This is the world of tiger moms and tiger dads, right? And he told this story. I met this one woman named Nicole who told me the story about her church, very large church, Menlo Park. And while um, they were there for, everybody was gathered for church, um, all the power went out in the middle of the service. So they couldn't have the sermon, couldn't have music. They turned it into an uh, informal prayer meeting. And the Spirit moved. And in the middle of this prayer meeting, a woman stood up and she prayed and she said this, Lord, forgive me that I have been more worried about my kid getting into Harvard than getting into heaven. And in all of that, something changed. We see what happened with her? A holy moment hit. Her tape was changed. 
And the presence of Jesus, it forced her, encouraged her to sing, play a different song. And at the least, you see what happens? This text invites us to look at the cross and ask, ask ourselves this gut question in Lent. Is my agenda the agenda of Jesus? Are the things that drive me, the things that are coming in my life, are they coming from Jesus and this story? See, that's what Lent does. We look at the cross, and we ask hard questions, and maybe clean out our attics. Well, this is just getting good, so let's keep going with this and see what else I have in here um, in this box of oldies and, well, perhaps not so goodies. Right, here's another one. This tape, I put a label on it, it's called My Jesus Song. My Jesus Song. And this one is very closely related to the last one. See, here's the thing. Every one of us in our mind, we have a picture of Jesus, who he is or perhaps what he is supposed to be. And you see, again, going back to our text, Peter understood accurately that Jesus was the, and is the Messiah. But see, he badly understood what that meant. He didn't understand what kind of Messiah Jesus would really be. And so what happened is, Jesus employs some strong words. He says, it's, you're not just wrong, you're not just 10 degrees off, you're 180 degrees out, and accused him of being on the side of Satan. Do you see what Peter was doing? He was asking Jesus, encouraging Jesus to be the same model of Messiah as did Satan in those times in the wilderness. And as a result, Jesus had to, of course, rebuke Peter. Well, here's the scary thing. Peter's understanding of Jesus is not so different from many narratives of history that have guided history for many years. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing for Lent, but one of my disciplines over Lent is I'm trying to do a little bit more reading. Uh, and this week, I've been reading some from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and particularly his, his biography by Eric Metaxas. And in that book, the author makes this profound point about Adolf Hitler. You know, in the early days, Hitler, he needed the church, so he didn't come down real hard on the churches. But as he gained power, his perspective, of course, became clear. Do you know, Hitler loathed Christianity. The senior leaders of Germany loathed Christianity. And they thought the faith was, and I quote, they thought the faith was weak and effeminate. See, they were happy to embrace the image of strength and conquering Messiah. But like Peter, they couldn't embrace a Jesus who in love and weakness would be willing to die on a cross. They couldn't embrace a Jesus who encourages you and I to do the same thing and respond in our weakness and follow the cross. To bring it back to our governing metaphor, they had a tape, a Jesus song that they played. But the song wasn't the real Jesus. 
It's way too easy to illustrate this tendency all through history, whether it be nationalist movements or manifest destiny or crusades, all the times where people had the wrong or at least incomplete tape around Jesus driving them, and the results are typically disastrous. We struggle to abide a Jesus who in weakness dies on a cross. But the correction for all of this, friends, is just not that hard. It's the same thing as Peter. You listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus rebuked, corrected Peter with the right vision. And sometimes all we have to do is pay attention to Lent. Sometimes all we have to do is pay attention to the words, all the words of the Bible. Can I just offer a quick reminder about the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? If you were to do an analysis of all the verses, do you know that one-third of all the verses in the four Gospels are about the last week of Jesus? If you go to the book of John, half of the book is all about Jesus, or about the cross, I should say. See, the problem is that our Jesus song, it sometimes misses the cross, But Jesus tells Peter that he needs to put in a new song that includes it because Jesus without a cross often becomes a tool of evil. Well, as we look through my box here, I think we have one more, uh, we have time for one more tape to take a a look at here. And this one I have entitled, My Purpose. And you might note that it's actually an empty case. And the reason it's empty is because, truth be known, perhaps many people in our world today, maybe many of us, we don't know what it is. We don't know why we're here. I was intrigued to read some statistics this week about Rick Warren. He wrote the book years ago, Purpose Driven Life. You might remember that book. Do you know that by some accounts, that is the second best-selling nonfiction hardback book in history? It's the most translated book besides the Bible. has gone to a bunch of nations. Millions and millions and millions of people have read it for years. And think about the title, Purpose Driven Life. And there's something in all those statistics. I think the message is, there's a lot of us who don't know why we are here. A lot of us who have an empty cassette case. I think there's a lot of us in the world, in our culture, perhaps in the room, who are like that infamous scene in the movie Forrest Gump. Forrest rushes to the bedside of his dying mother, and he says, what's my destiny, mama? And, of course, his mother, played by Sally Field, famously offers that box of chocolates quote. But here, do you see what Jesus does? He does so much better. He gives you and I, in this, word, in this text, a tape, a song, a purpose that fills that empty case. He says it this way. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. I tell you what, there's a purpose-driven life. There's a purpose in life. 
But let's also be honest, maybe we don't like this song. It's probably fair to say our culture doesn't like this song. Honestly, in our day and age, the lyrics are a bit hard to swallow. Did you hear the key words? Deny yourself. How can I find my purpose? How can I find why I'm here if I have to deny myself? I have to look inside. I have to look inside me. I have to figure out who I am. Jesus says it's never going to work that way. You'll never find your purpose only looking within. He says, look outside of yourself to me to find out who you are. And look to me as I carry a cross. There you will find why I created you. There's purpose here. The other thing is to remember why it's so hard is this cross, when you think about it, it is the ultimate sign symbol of submission. It represents the absolute submission of Jesus to the will of the Father. And this call to submit, surrender, that that's the way to find our calling and our purpose, Jesus says yes. But friends, let's also look at one more word here. It's a word in this story that's not really a part of the actual text or the music, but it fills the entire key underneath upon which this story is built. And the word is simply love. Love. It's not a love song in the traditional sense, but it's a reminder that the cross, above all, is the ultimate representation of the fact that the living God who created the universe knows your name. He knows my name. He knows all our sins. He knows all our struggles. All the messes we've made. All the bad tapes we've recorded. And yet, he loves you. And he loves me. And he went on that cross because he loves you and me in this world so dearly. Now, Maybe it's weak, sure. Submissive, yes. Self-denying, yes. But there is this abiding foundational conviction underneath the story that the God who created the universe, the God who knit you together in your mother's womb, the God who still cries out for you in the cool of the day saying, where are you? And this God is a God of love who knows your name and calls so, friends, we're right here at, at Lent, and it's time to clean out our attics and take a look at who we are, to think about what songs are playing in our head. But it's also a time to review the music, to check out what is our agenda, to remember maybe we can do better, to think about what is my Jesus song. Is that really Jesus? And maybe we can also find a purpose, a purpose that seems so hard to embrace, but a purpose that is grounded in the love of God that we know through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's hold on to that through these weeks of Lent. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In response to the word proclaimed, I invite you to stand and join me in singing hymn number 424, Must Jesus Bear the Cross Alone?
Let us remain standing as together we testify to what we believe using the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, was christened on Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. Friends, before we uh, get into our praise of the people this morning, I do want to go on ahead and lift up a couple of congregational concerns for us that you'll also find in your bulletin as well. The first is that we'd love to lift up prayer concerns for the, fa- the Crockett family on the death of, of Brian Glom. We'd also love to lift up prayers for Lynn Maloney and their family on the death of her mother, Jody Yahoos. And in addition, we'd also love to lift up prayers for Anne and Barry Hodges on the death of her sister. Let us continue to lift up our prayers for the folks of our congregation here on this day. And friends, now I'd like to invite you to join me in the spirit of prayer. Let us close our eyes, let us clear our minds, and go to the Lord in prayer. Holy God, loving God. We thank you for this day, this day that we as the body of Christ are here gathered together in Christian fellowship, a day that would not have been possible if you didn't give us your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for giving him and giving him his life as a way to model after, a way that we can model our lives after him in form of Christian discipleship. Lord, we thank you for allowing us to witness Jesus to know and to learn, to discern what it is that you are calling us to do and who you are shaping us 
to be. Lord, we know that Jesus took up the cross for each and every one of us here today and and the world beyond. We know that Jesus suffered, that Jesus was beaten, that he was broken, and that he died so that we may have eternal life and live into the resurrection, Lord. And we also know that the journey of taking up our crosses is not always easy. We know that sometimes we may suffer, that sometimes we may have hardship, that we may have questions, and that we may have doubts. And Lord, we ask for you to be with us in all of it, in all the ways that matter. Help us in our questioning and help us in our doubts. Help us in our fears and help us Help us to take away all the things that are holding us back from being able to focus on the cross and follow you. As you were with Peter, help us to open our eyes, to open our ears, to walk in this purpose, to walk in your faith. We lift up these prayers to you, Lord, both the ones here on this day and the ones that are also unspoken on our hearts. We continue to pray for the Christian church, not just Revley Church, but the church at large. We pray for our partner churches in Koinonia Christian Church and Love Center of Unity. We pray for all the people who have taken the time, who have discerned what it means and what it looks like to bear their cross, to take up their crosses. And we ask, Lord, that you help us to do the same in our own ways and in our own lives. And as we take a moment, Lord, in silence, let us lift up our prayers to you the ones that are helping us and the ones that are hindering us from being able to take up our crosses and follow you. Let us lift up our concerns. Lord God, hear our prayers, hear our fears, hear our questions, and hear our doubts. We thank you for being with us, even when we have those questions, those doubts, and those fears. Help us and encourage us to take up our crosses and follow you. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who gave us the words and taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, let us continue in our worship. I'd like to invite our ushers to come forth so we may give our gifts back to God.
Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for this day and this opportunity to give back towards your kingdom. In this opportunity that we have here and sharing of the taking up of our crosses together, we pray that these gifts that we've given back to you will bless your world, will bless your people, and will bless your kingdom. We lift up these prayers to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all of God's people said, Amen. Friends, join us in our final hymn on hymn page number 2129, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. Friends, this day we have been reminded that Lent is a season where we clean out our attics. We think about the tapes that are going through our heads. We look to the cross and think about our agenda, who Jesus is, what is our purpose in life. As you meet the joys and the challenges of this week, I invite you to keep your eyes on the cross so that our songs will be matched with that of Christ. As we go in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.